give its progress. Welcome to episode two. My wife and I got a car, a salon car. Our, the road to our house is really bad, so we had very uncomfortable rides because it was low. And we really wanted to get an SUV, so the easiest reach for us was a RAV4. And so RAV4 was a dream car for a while. So we really, really were looking forward to getting it. And then God provided we were able to get the vehicle. Now we have our RAV4. And my wife would see me many times driving and I'll subconsciously say, thank you, Jesus, for this car. Thank you, Jesus, for this car. And I kept saying it until one time I, t- I told my wife, I said, do you know why I keep saying thank you, Jesus, for this car? I said, it's because like sometimes I'm driving, I'm looking forward and I see maybe a really nice Lexus Jeep just pass by or this really mad Mercedes SUV. And I'm like, oh my God, that's such a nice car. I wish I had it. And I'll stop to think and be like, but this RAV4 was a dream car for me. And now here I am driving it. I've forgotten the fact that I'm, I was able to have a dream car for myself. And now I'm already looking forward to another thing. And it's kind of like that thing where Solomon just wanted to have all the pleasures of this world. By the way, there's another episode coming up. What was Solomon looking for? When it's time you hear about that. But I just always stop myself to be like, God, I thank you. I'm grateful for this car. And that put me in a really, really good place because being conscious of the fact that somebody else is out there looking at me like, I really wish I had this guy's car or I really wish I even just had a car or a bike or something to move around. And then I'm here, I've already had my dream car and now I'm looking forward to another one. And it just helped me to realize that there's so much we can lose sight of when we stop looking around to what we have and looking at what we don't have. And Today's topic is I love my life. And I'm one of those guys that when I'm getting older, I'm more excited. I don't have that thing where, you know, people say, oh my God, I'm getting older. Ha ha ha. People are sad. I'm like, I'm so happy to get older because I feel like the older I get, the more agency I have over my life. You know, one day I was thinking and I realized that I really do love my life. And then I asked myself, what exactly about my life do I love? You may think of, of course, Pastor David loves his life. He has the most beautiful wife. He has a lovely son. You're right. I have those things. But that's not primarily why I love my life. I'm one of those people that is always happy where they are. You see, when I was in uni, I thought that I was going to blow. And I was so optimistic about my life. I still am. But my vision or my idea of where I was going to be when I was in university isn't where I am. And I'm not bitter about it. I'm not sad about it. As a matter of fact, I'm excited because there's something else that's more important. I'm so focused on progress, I have no time for regrets. I'm in a place where I'm not blaming anybody or anything for where I am now, even if they were way out of my control. I'm working with what I have right now. So I'm in that place where I'm not comparing myself with anybody, I'm not comparing my life with anybody, I'm not comparing my privileges, my opportunities with anybody. I'm just where I am, using the most of what I have, And that's fine. I feel like that's a place that is good for anybody to be. I'm very heavily inspired by people, but I will not compare. So there's a huge difference. Inspiration is, oh, this person did this. It means I can do it. And of course, you'll be genuinely happy for them. But comparison is like, this person did this. Why haven't I done it? Why didn't I do it? I feel so sad. I feel really bad. And that's not the way to live. So you don't want to be in that place. And I love my life for one of the biggest, biggest reasons possible is because I'm super confident that all things work together for my good. And not in a theoretical way, because you might know the scripture, you might understand the verse, but when situations around your life come, you're still terribly, terribly worried and super stressed. 
Another reason why I love my life is because I have the right people around me. So when you think about all the things that you have, all the things that you don't have, if you're able to think about those things and you get to a place where you're like, I don't love my life, this is for you. And you have to realize that loving your life is attractive to people. And I don't mean that in the popular sense of self-love and, you know, just assuming that you are the most important person in the world and all of that. No. By the way, I don't love my life because it's perfect. I love my life because even the mistakes that I've made, I'm super, super confident that God is able to make them good. And my mistakes aren't anyone's mistakes. They are mine and they are there for my learning. So every mistake that I've made, I'm looking forward to learning from it. So basically, it's a perspective issue. How do you see your life? I don't see my life like something that is spinning out of control, even when it feels like it's why. Because... I see my life where it really is in the hands of God. I mean, what's not to love about the life in the hands of God? If you can see your life like that, like God has my life in his hands. It's literally the best place you can be. So you might be listening to me and wondering, oh, why should I love my life? You should love your life if you're doing your best. And that's a question you can only answer if you're genuine because you can be doing some things and not doing your best. And you can then be saying, I cannot come and kill myself. Of which you might not be doing your best. So that's a really, really interesting question that you want to answer personally because you can't compare yourself with anybody by saying, oh, this person has done this, therefore I must do this. Or, oh, this person is just doing that. Why am I doing more? You don't do that. You do your very best possible. You wake up your earliest. You sleep your latest in a healthy way, by the way. You work your hardest. You network your best. You keep your relationships. Everything that you can do, do to the best of your ability. If you are doing that to the best of your ability and you are honest with yourself, I promise you, you need to just love your life. Whatever the outcome is, even if you are not making any progress, even if everything just seems to be not going great, as long as you are doing your best, you have to love your life. You also have to love your life if you truly, truly are anchored to a reliable source. And for me, the most reliable source, the super, super solid rock is where my life is anchored towards. In the hands of God. If you understand it, and like I said earlier, there's a theoretical understanding of my life is in the hands of God and a practical understanding of my life is in the hand of God. I'll tell you how I transitioned from the theoretical to the practical. It was through meditation. And it's one of the things that I talk to talk about a lot. When I was in university, I had a lot of things to be worried about. A lot of things to be worried about. And some, there was there was an event in school where somebody talked about meditation and how it can change your life. I was like, all right, let me try this. So I went to the back of the chapel. I was praying. I was praying. I was meditating on the scripture that talks about God takes care of the lilies. He's going to take care of me. He's my father. You know, I meditated on all of those scriptures. I, I, I repeated it, repeated it. I prayed, I prayed. It built, it was for over an hour or so. It built so much confidence in me. I left that prayer ground changed because it just, it just helped me to come out of the place where I was consistently worried about what was going to happen, what I was going to eat next, what I was going to do next, how everything was going to work out. It just settled my mind. And ever since then, if you know me personally, you know that I, I'm, I'm one of those people that seems to be super unbothered about terrible situations. So when something terrible happens to me, right now, I'm at a place where I'm just like, I'm not going to deny my emotions, but after acknowledging my emotions and I'm like, okay, I feel sad, I feel bad, but what do I do next? Then I'm at the place where I'm like, 
I can't wait to see how God is going to turn this around because of course he says, all things work together for my good. So this doesn't seem good. I can't wait to see how he's going to make it turn around for my good. And because I've trusted him in the past, I've seen him do that so many times. Now I'm at a place where no matter how terrible it gets, I'm just like, I can't wait to see how God is going to spin this around because he just always does it. Loving your life is attractive. People tend to love you if you love yourself. It helps you build your self-confidence. Imagine you not loving yourself enough. I mean, who, who sells a brand they don't believe in? So, and it's, it can subconsciously affect you maybe when you're applying for jobs, if you are looking to date someone, if you're in any type of relationship, basically. If you are in a place where you don't have a sense of value for your life, you don't have an appreciation for where you are in whatever stage you are. You don't have a sense of control. And when I say control, I don't mean control in the sense that you have everything under control. I mean control in the sense that you are satisfied, you are content. And whatever you have done, whatever you are doing, you are confident that it's going to work out fine. You see, that helps you to be confident and confident makes you more attractive. You look at someone and you're like, I like this person. It's because they like themselves, except of course the person is putting on a facade. But if the person isn't putting on a facade, it's very, very likely because they like themselves already. So how do you actually love your life in practical terms? And I mean, this is just an example from my life. This is not an encyclopedia and it's not a bone size fits all answer for everyone. But if you want to love your life, realize that life is one step at a time and take it like that. Move at your pace. Move at your pace. Don't compare and don't feel discontent. You can feel discontent in a way that is healthy, but if it becomes unhealthy, you'll be in a place where you're going to be feeling consistently sad, downcast and depressed. So, don't compare your life with anybody. You didn't have the exact same privileges. You didn't have the exact same opportunities. You don't have the exact same strengths and weaknesses and network and all. There's, there's so many variables that you want to think about that should help you be confident or completely happy with the fact that I don't need to compare my life with anybody's life because we don't have the exact same things. So your goal is to make the best of what you have and don't compare. And look at your life and be content with where you are. If you're working your hardest, if you're doing your best, appreciate what you've done. And this is not going to make you complacent. This is not going to make you look like, oh, I've done this, I'm satisfied. It's different from when you're complacent. You're not complacent, you're still striving for more, but you're satisfied where you are. You're okay. You're not obsessed with I'm not supposed to be here. Oh my God, I'm not supposed to be here. I feel so terrible. See, that thing will stress you out in a terrible way. Strive for more. Keep yourself inspired to do better. But wherever you are at the moment, be happy, be satisfied. Realize that your life is a journey. It's not a destination. It's, life is not like, um, by 25, I should have done this. By 26, I should have done this. By 30, I should have my two kids. By 40, I should... All of those things are just going to stress you out in a terrible way. If you set a goal for yourself, that's fine. Very good. Very advisable. In fact, very necessary. But if for some reason you miss out on your goals, don't beat up yourself. 
get to the place where you're like, I'm not able to catch up with this goal. What do I do next? This is what I do next. Instead of be like, oh my God, I missed my goal. Oh my God, I missed my goal. Oh my God, I missed my goal. You're wasting time. You're wasting precious time. If you missed your goal, stop, think, what do I do next? And move. Like, time is going. So, you don't want to be in that place where you're just consistently obsessed with the fact that you're not making as much progress as you should. You will be holding yourself back if you keep thinking like that. And then, accept your privileges and the opposite of your privileges because everybody has pros and cons in their lives. So somebody who is super, super rich, very likely may not have as much time for their family. I'm not saying that's what happens all the time. I said very likely. So please um, take my words carefully. And same thing, somebody who says, you know what, I want to spend a minimum of four hours with my family alone might not be as rich as somebody who is on Forbes list because time is value. I mean, except of course it was inherited, but basically accept your privileges and the opposites. If you have strengths, appreciate your strengths. If you have weaknesses, work on your weaknesses. Don't obsess over your weaknesses and don't over depend on your strengths. If you think about your life like this, you, you'd have a better chance at being content. And lastly, you have to anchor yourself. Life can get so out of control that you feel like this is the end. But when you have an anchor and without a shadow of a doubt, the greatest anchor is Christ Jesus. If your life is anchored on Christ, the mere fact that no matter how terrible life gets, if I die, I'll spend eternity with God is so reassuring that no matter how terrible your life turns out, you have an eternal hope. That is something that is super priceless. You can't put a price on that. So if you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you need to do that because it's so difficult for you to say, my life is in a good place when it's not anchored to a good place. And that good place is a good person. And that good person is Jesus Christ. All right. Thank you guys so much. So this is the end. Um, see you next week. I'm starting to release two episodes every week because I want to catch up in time for season 28, which is my birthday on 24th of May. So I'm going to try to move really quickly. Next episode is about what was Solomon looking for? Ha ha ha. That should be interesting. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day. David's Progress.